All right, back at it here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. I'm glad you guys could all be with me here on this Wednesday. Let's go out to our Browns Insider. His name is Daryl Ryder. He's brought to you by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl, how are we doing tonight? Good, Jonathan. How are you? I am good. I'm watching the Cavs beat down. We're getting ready to talk about that as soon as I get done with you. And, uh, you know, what's fascinating, though, beyond just a Cavs beatdown with uh, Sam Merrill and all these other uh, youngsters just putting up big-time numbers, Ken and Mike Forio going after it on Twitter. Have you seen this? So now, I, I'm agreeing with Ken, but I am confused, right? So so Forio puts out a report that Joe Flacco is limited in practice with a calf injury. Ken tweets out there was no practice. It was a walkthrough. I understand Ken's side of it. If there was no practice, I'm not sure how he got limited in practice with a calf injury. But is Joe Flacco injured or is he not injured? I, I'm a little confused. I don't know. They snuck that one by the goalie today, and that's part of the reason we made sure, you know, we, you know, wanted to be out there um, today, but we're not allowed to see uh, walkthrough stuff. So um, there was no practice today, and the injury report is an estimate. So basically, what the Browns are saying that had they practiced today, uh, Joe Flacco would have been limited due to a calf injury. He looked fine in the locker room to me. I mean, he didn't have any wrap on his leg or he wasn't limping around or anything like that. So, um, you know, we'll get a better look at him tomorrow when they do hold a practice and we get our uh, 15 minutes to take attendance. Um, but, um, you know, that was, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know if the guy's hurt or not because, you know, like yeah. I said. Well, and, and you can understand where the distrust all season has been built up between them and injuries and me not believing anything they say. I, well, I, they I, won't put Obanai Okoronkwa on injury reserve and he's got a torn pack. So, uh, you know, okay. What's going on there? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, they're, they're holding out hope that um, maybe it'll magically heal before um, the season finale or something. I, I, I don't know, but um, they're, they're not putting them on IR, that, that, at least not yet. Weird. All right, well, we'll keep monitoring it with you tomorrow, I'm sure. I, I mean, it wouldn't more. be the first time the Browns got an injury wrong, right? I, I know. That's where the distrust I mean, comes in. That's where the, I'm like, I don't even – I mean, Deshaun Watson had the longest day-to-day yeah. uh, rotator cuff strain in the history of sports. Mm-hmm. So, you know. No, they bungled that situation. In well, like a, I said, they, they 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 snuck one by the goalie today. Yeah, yeah. yeah with you guys, the, with you guys the, talked Flacco to Flacco injury. too, didn't you? Exactly. But again, we we did not get this. And here's the other thing too: is they did that earlier this year with Watson, where he we speak to him, everything's fine. We talk to Kevin, no mention of anything, and then go out to practice, and he's not throwing, and well, there's no more access for the rest of the day. And then later in the week, it's like, hey, we kind of need to follow up on this. And, you know, Deshaun didn't want to address it or, or, or talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, <clears throat> that's that's the uh, that's the perk of doing availability before practice. Now, tomorrow, mm. our availability will take place after practice. So we will be able to address uh, any news of the day, uh, you know. Uh, but, yeah, today couldn't do it because, uh, again, di- didn't really see anything. We literally walked out. Uh, over to the locker room, spoke with Kevin Stefanski, and that was it. All right. That's interesting. Uh, let me ask you, we were debating a little bit in the first hour about a, I had a couple of calls, and, and 
you know, it's it's fascinating that I can say 24 hours ago how I think the Browns could beat any team in the AFC and they can do this and they can do that. And then you talk about this this Texans game without C.J. Stroud, potentially without Nico Collins, no Tank Dell, and it's like well, there's no guarantee that they get past Houston. Even it's it's weird. It's weird to me that we can talk about how they have such a high ceiling. But also that any week isn't given with the amount of injuries they have. It's a it's something you don't typically see in the NFL, Daryl. The Browns had 16 players on their injury report today, and the Houston Texans had 15. Oh my it's goodness! A, it's it's a mash unit. Both teams. Like, <laughs> it really is. Uh, I, I mean, um, you know, obviously uh, would have loved to see C.J. Stroud just because uh, uh, I'm such a fan of the year uh, that he's had. But I'm not going to sit here and say that the, the Browns caught the break of a lifetime. Well, Case Keenum went out and beat the Titans on uh, Sunday. So, mm-hmm. And Case Keenum won a couple of football games for Kevin Stefanski here in 2021. So I, I do feel like uh, Houston offensively, obviously drastically different. Uh, but um, no, this is, this is not this is not a game in which Browns fan wants to think that uh, – Gonna rubber stamp a W on it and and be done with it uh, for a couple of reasons. One, you know, again, Houston's kind of in a similar boat as the Browns when it comes to injuries. Also, the Browns don't play well on the road. They're they're two and four away from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense isn't very good on the road either. So, um, you know, it it I kind of smiled when Greg Newsom was talking about how the whole secondary should make the Pro Bowl and more defensive players should make the Pro Bowl. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yep, based on what you guys do at home, absolutely. But uh, on the road, uh, I I don't know that I would agree that everyone should make the Pro Bowl on that side of the ball, Uh, you know, based on the lack of success they uh, have had. So, um, you know, Browns better take the Texans seriously or uh, those clinch scenarios, all eight of them, uh, none of them are going to matter. I'm going to give Greg a, a B for effort and a, a C for execution on his Santa costume. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, I mean, you gotta, you're you, not going to get an argument from me, but uh, I... Uh, that beard. I, what uh, was that beard, Daryl? I appreciate the holiday spirit. Yeah. That's for sure. I like no, speaking of beards, what the hell is Joe Flacco doing shaving? Oh. Like, that, that, is, the, a, that this, is a major... No, that I, is a major, major... Uh, I'll tell you foul what happened. I'll tell you what superstition. Happened. Well, in the hockey world, he would be he would be uh, you you'd be destroyed for shaving any sort of beard, especially when you're on a run. He had but, the Santa thing going. Yeah, here's the problem. He started getting the Kevin Stefanski comps as far as for them being brothers. Yeah, I didn't love that. I think, and it's not saying Stefanski's okay. not a good looking dude. I think he's a fine looking dude. I just think he didn't want to say like d- the coach. D- 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 don't don't go around telling <laughs> female Browns fans that Kevin Stefanski's not a good his, looking dude. His rating in the city is very high from the looks department, from what people yeah. tell me. Yeah, I, I've heard those same reports. But but I think there was something about him not wanting to look like Stefanski. I think that okay. was that was his way of kind of separating that. Like, all right, I, I got know, it. But you man, guys think I, we're, think we're all that, the same person. I'm going to separate myself. I even said to him, I said, yeah, but Joe, things were going so well. And then he fired back. Not with the three picks, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of like that, actually. See, he doesn't. He hasn't quite put together that people in the city will love him as long as he stays winning. Winning is the only thing that matters to people in this city. You right. can have bad numbers. You can throw as many picks as you want. If you win, they really don't care. Yeah. Other cities, absolutely. it's different. Other cities, they they care how you win. 
In Cleveland, they don't really care how you win because they've been so starved of wins. They just want the win. It's a, it's a different mentality. Well, I, I don't know about that. They're, they're, they're Based off the other I cities have heard I've lived a lot. Listen, it, it, it has been festivus on this radio station on Victory Mondays, okay? There have been plenty of airing of grievances <laughs> after Browns wins on this station. So and once Dorian Thompson Robinson authored one fourth quarter drive, one in what was one of the worst quarterback games I've seen in my life, <laughs> I became convinced that Browns fans only care about the W and not how the W happens. Like I said, I have heard plenty of airing of grievances on Victory Monday, that's for sure. I don't know. It's not been a festivist miracle. <laughs> well, some people just like to complain, and I think that's another element of that. Well, okay. you know, hey, that's uh, you're not going to get an argument from When is Festivus? Is that today? No, isn't that on the 23rd? Oh, isn't that I, Saturday? I, I genuinely don't know. I, I, I'm I, pretty no. sure. I, I, I'm pretty sure that Festivus is Saturday on the 23rd, the day before oh, Christmas Eve. I always like when it falls on a weekend. I like that. Okay. Um, 2020 or 2023? Do you? And by the way, I am 100% correct. I just looked it up. It is the 23rd? I, I honestly, I, I assumed you were yes. right there. I, I assumed you were right. It is a secular holiday celebrated on December 23rd as an alternative to the pressures and commercialism of the Christmas season. Get your donations into the human fund. <laughs> what is or, more? <laughs> well, never mind. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> legally not allowed to say what I was about to say, so never mind. <laughs> uh, do you like the comps between 2020 and 2023 as far as for the Browns teams, or do you feel like they're we've gone a little off the deep end with the? Oh the, no, this has been team. a this has been a bat. You know what? Crazy season, yeah. and 2020 was as well. Uh, I mean, they had half the team out with COVID. Like, I mean. They had an entire month where it was an adventure as to whether or not they could even hold a practice. So, um, now, from uh, an injury, yeah, it's it's been that bad. <laughs> now that I think about it, all the guys that are on injury, at least during the COVID season, guys came back. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, at least then, guys came back. Nick Chubb been walking through the door anytime soon unless he's on crutches. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. They had a Jets game, remember, where they were they had like uh, they had no wide receivers. Right. And they had to practice in the parking lot before the game even got underway. Yeah, they, they had to hold a walkthrough on a in yeah. a parking deck. Yeah, but you knew they'd be back. Yeah, because you're right. they couldn't do it in a hotel ballroom. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, my, my goodness, like, yeah. So, but again, at least those guys could come back. None of the none of the guys that are hurt or uninjured reserve can come back, right? I mean, so, yeah, this is, I would say this has to be more difficult than the COVID year. For as crazy as that year was, and as difficult of a year as that was to cover, I would say this is more difficult because, again, guys aren't coming back from these injuries to, uh, you know, help them come playoff time like we have to wait and see what they're going to be like in 2024 before we see them again we give you a hypothetical here uh the browns say oh uh, yeah another peterlin hypothetical you know Go i ahead. love my hypotheticals i know you do <laughs> so, is this from your friends in the desert too it's not uh, okay. they've been awfully right. quiet tonight actually Just wanted to see that you know how much I'm contributing to moving the line here. I need Go to ahead. check in. I need to check in. My daily check-in <laughs> with my friends in the desert. Uh, tell, tell Rothstein I said hi. You, I always do. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. The Browns say, Daryl, we want your support. We want you. You, you got a, a large following on Twitter. We want your support, but we only want to throw. we only want you to throw your support behind one person, either 
Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year or Kevin Stefanski for Coach of the Year? In your opinion, which one would you throw the most support behind that? Stefanski. Ooh. Juicy. Well, here's the thing with Miles, and this is where I wholeheartedly agree with the argument that Kevin made on Monday. The voters are going to get caught up in the numbers. And Miles Garrett just doesn't have the numbers to support it. Now, if you actually watch what's going on, then yes, absolutely, 100%. I can make the case for Miles Garrett, Defensive Player of the Year. The problem is I don't have the numerical evidence to back it up. And voters like to vote based on statistics at times. And he just he doesn't have the numbers. He hasn't had a sack in four weeks. Granted, it's because he's held on... Uh, on you know pretty much every down in the in the officials say well you're you know good enough and the only way to make this game fair is to allow the opposition to cheat working against you but um you know he he just he doesn't have the numbers to support the case Kevin on the other hand he has the numbers to support his case uh for for coach of the year and that becomes a much easier case to make and uh, again, I can't stress enough that I'm not saying that Garrett is undeserving of consideration. But you did ask me a hypothetical about, mm-hmm. you know, I, so I, I got to go with the easiest case to make. And that's obviously Stefanski. I made you choose. So that's the point of the game here. I know. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, then just again, he, had, he hadn't had a sack in, in four weeks. Um, the, the naysayers that, that don't know or don't have a, a keen understanding of what they're watching will fall back on the the narrative of, oh, it's December, so Miles Garrett disappears again. But if you actually watch the games, Miles Garrett ain't disappearing. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. Um, so um, but but again, when you're you know, I I, I I don't know where he's at as far as the rankings go. I know last week he was like fifth or something. He might have slipped even further th- uh, this past week. But when you're down the the rankings and the sacks and the TFLs and things like that, right? Um, you know, voters tend not to give you credit for um, impacting the game without putting statistics in a box score. That and that and that's just not football. That's baseball. That's basketball. That's just you know th- that's just the way it is. I'm not saying it's right, but it is how things typically work. All right, Daryl. Fantastic insight. We will catch up with you Sunday before the game gets underway. Thank you, Daryl.